The Holy Gospel for Christ the King Sunday is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer the Lord. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator, and from our Lord, and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. As we conclude the church calendar year this Sunday, We read a passage from Scripture from Matthew chapter 25, which challenges our traditional understanding of Judgment Day. Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Did you happen to catch who it is that is standing before Jesus at the judgment seat? Let me read the sentence once again to you. Before him will be gathered all the nations. All the nations. The judgment here is not so much focused on individuals, as it is in other parts of the Bible, but rather on nations. Now, it may be surprising to us that when we study the Bible, we learn that it is often the case that salvation and judgment are directed 
not only at individuals, but at groups of people, at nations. Think about Moses and the Egyptians. God judged the Egyptian Pharaoh and the entire nation of Egypt because they abused the Hebrew slaves. When the Hebrew people formed their own nation, God sent prophets to call the nation of Israel, not just individuals, back to a path of righteousness. And throughout his own ministry, Jesus was doing much to save individuals, but Jesus also gathered a community of followers, a group of people, women and men, young and old, people who fished for a living and those who collaborated with the Romans, the lame, the lepers, the sick, the homeless, the Gentiles, the Jews, he all brought together in one kind of nation, a new nation, a just society where all people would be included, all people would be cared for. It was a communal salvation. Too often when we study scripture, we take stories that are about entire communities or nations and we proceed to make those stories about us as individuals. It's especially the case in American society where we have glorified individualism. Our theology in this country is focused often on personal salvation, that is, going to heaven after we die. The Bible teaches personal salvation, of course, but it also teaches corporate salvation. Take the Ten Commandments as an example. We see them as rules that individuals should follow to live a godly life. And yes, of course, that is what the Ten Commandments are about. But they're also meant to be a guide for an entire society. They were meant to be a foundation upon which a nation of justice and kindness and compassion could be built. The Ten Commandments were corporate, not just personal. Judgment, too, is not just personal. It is also corporate. Judgment is not just for individuals. It's for a community. That's why the nation stood before the judgment seat in Matthew 25. I get this image of national groups gathering in some stadium, like an Olympic stadium, and having a big parade like they do at the beginning of the Olympics, and each national group will follow its own sign or banner with their nation's name. Jesus is at the far end of the stadium, waiting for all the nations to come in to stand before him. Albania and Zimbabwe, Thailand and Hungary, Pakistan and Venezuela, Denmark and Brazil, Russia and Tajikistan, New Zealand, North Korea, and all the nations. Each nation marches up to Jesus and all the angels in the stadium. And each nation is judged according to how it treated the most vulnerable. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus says, the nations will be judged regarding how they cared for the hungry and the thirsty, the stranger and the poor, the sick and those in prison. I suppose today Jesus would say the nation is judged by how it treats the refugee and the homeless the mentally ill and the undocumented, the grieving and the lonely, and maybe even how it treats a vulnerable environment. Notice, Jesus does not judge nations based on a set of theological doctrines. 
nor does Jesus judge on church membership. Jesus did not judge the nations based on their ability to speak in tongues or if they were born again or even if they were baptized. All it says here is Jesus judges the nations about how the most vulnerable in society are treated. Sometimes I wonder what the expression on Jesus' face might have been when the United States came marching up to the judgment throne. Would Jesus be smiling or frowning or stroking his chin? Ah, the United States, you are a unique nation in history. You began your life as a country committed to freedom and equality and justice, great ideals. Your nation has done some wonderful things. You helped defeat the Nazis who would have created a world of white supremacy. Your Statue of Liberty welcomed millions of refugees with the inspiring quote, give me your huddled masses yearning to be free. You allowed all religions to thrive, and I'm okay with that. Your civil war abolished slavery. Your civil rights movement moved your society toward greater justice. But, Jesus would say, you, America, have never faced some of your corporate sins, and you've often failed to live up to the ideals of your founding. The sin of racism continues to weave its way through your citizens and through your institutions. You destroyed the Native American societies that were here before you. You have not treated the environment as a beautiful garden that God has entrusted to you. You have tens of thousands of homeless people when you are the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. The mentally ill and disabled find little support. Your elderly are often ignored. Your LGBTQ community is often excluded. And I can't believe, I just can't believe that you would separate children from their parents as a, as a matter of policy. Your wealth inequality is completely unjustified. So what shall I do? Jesus says. At that point, I imagine Jesus is indeed stroking his chin thinking, I know what I'll do, Jesus says. I pronounce you guilty. Your nation has failed to live up the ideals of a just society more often than it has achieved those goals. And so now I must sentence you, and I sentence you to parole. I give you another opportunity to live out your ideals. And I share a secret with you, a secret I want you to share with the entire world. My intention for all the nations of the world is for goodness and grace, love and peace, kindness and compassion. The future of the world is not catastrophe. The future of the world is salvation. It's my intention for you. It's what will happen. I came to show you the way, the truth and the life. It's like the words of the prophet Isaiah, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. My purpose is goodness. My purpose is to inspire you and your nation. 
And now Jesus is talking to the entire stadium of nations. Yes, my purpose is to inspire all of you, all of your nations, to do what you know is right. And you know what it is right to love the most vulnerable, to share the wealth, to abolish racism, to be tender with the environment and the animals, to house the homeless, to feed the hungry, to welcome the stranger, to clothe the naked, to care for the sick, to visit the prisoners. And Amos said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And Jesus says, now go, go, be a nation of justice, compassion, and love. It is my intention for you and for this world. So live into that promise. Amen.